king will be his friend. That's a good one. So Merry Christmas, happy birthday, Jesus. There's something really special about the birth of a baby, and it makes me think, when I think about birth, it makes me think about my favorite psalm, which is Psalm 119, and here's this little excerpt starting in verse 16. It says, for, is speaking, this, the psalmist is speaking to God. This is a prayer. For, for you, God, formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. The Lord saw all of my days before I was even born. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. That, that, this scripture is telling us that before you were born, God already knew you. He knew your strengths, your weaknesses. He knew your tendencies. Um, and and uh, he, he, he planned his best for you, scripture says. His thoughts about you are too many to even count. About 500 years before Christ was born, there was a prophet named Isaiah, and he said this, um, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Here by video is the Christmas story from the, from the book of Luke. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. That. I've seen that video several times, and I think about that poor girl. She doesn't look like she's about ready to have a baby. She looks like she's about ready to have like a horse or something. If you know, <laughs> that poor, <laughs> she's <laughs> that's terrible, isn't it? But but she's just an actress anyway. Okay, so um, those are not live videos of actually actual Mary. Um, but how hard that had to have been um, writing for the time that it took her to writing on the back of an animal to get there, and there still was no hotel and. 
and all of that. Um, but that last verse, the way that passage ends, might have been a little unexpected for you. Um, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. That is not the Hallmark card version that you probably have picked up on over the years. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. That is uh, somebody's abbreviation to, to fit on a card. That's not what the scripture says. It says, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Some, some, uh, some other translations say, on whom his favor rests, on, wh- on whom his goodwill rests. His favor, God's goodwill, his, it, it, it basically equals his forgiveness. True peace with God happens when you have forgiveness. Here's the thing. God does not place his peace upon everybody. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Sadly, it's because even though it's available, some people just plain simply refuse it. I don't want anything to do with you, God. I, and I, even though it makes no sense to reject God, sometimes people, we just do it anyway. We, 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 some people just reject it. And we just don't want to be accountable, I think, sometimes. That's in me. I mean, sometimes we just want to do our own thing. The thing is that later on in life, when things kind of start to go sideways, we still want to be able to blame God. <laughs> but what if Jesus really is the Son of God and not just some fable? No more than folklore that must be told. 
wonderful. The thing is, um, God's supernatural peace and God's supernatural hope are available to everybody. Everybody. And that's really good because there's a horn honking out behind me. <laughs> I just want to run out there and pull on that cord or whatever it is they do to do that. <laughs> See, I'm every bit as much a little boy on, you know, Christmas season now as I was, except I got gray hair, that I, I want to go play with the train. The thing is that God's supernatural peace and his hope are still available to every single person. And that's really good news because there are times that we need more than what we can muster in our own willpower. We need something more supernatural. If we didn't do that, we wouldn't have any peace at all. There are, there, here's a Christmas example for you, and it's that Joseph was told by an angel, he said, God has made your betrothed wife pregnant. Now, in their culture, um, being betrothed was kind of like being married, but not quite being married, but committed. And to find the woman with whom he had not been with, the woman he was going to be married to, already pregnant, was uh, a terrible thing then um, as it would be today. And think about the angst that was in his soul and the, the disbelief. How can this be? And his dreams for his life were killed and, and the feelings of betrayal and the humiliation and all of those kinds of things. Joseph needed supernatural peace. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. 
Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. So the Lord placed some supernatural peace down into Joseph's soul. And, you know, I think that obviously made a big difference. His next day was so totally different. Why did the Lord do that for him in a dream? Why not face to face over fish and chips? I don't know. But I believe the Lord knew Joseph's language and knew how to get to him. And he spoke to him in a way that let him wake up that day and be full of faith and trust. So he goes forward and he does what, but, but, but there were some interesting things in what the angel said there. Some maybe multiple names. Did you pick up on that? It said, uh, she will bear him a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. You call him Jesus, which means Savior. They will call him God with us. So do we call him Jesus or do we call him Emmanuel? There's two options there. Jesus um, comes, from, <laughs> comes from two Hebrew words that basically mean uh, Jehovah, which is the name of God. And, uh, um, and, and the second part of that means free or safe, deliverer, salvation, Savior, God the Savior is what the, the name Jesus actually means. The other name, Emmanuel, Scripture tells us means God with us. So God gives us two names for the child. You call him Jesus, God my Savior. It's the personal perspective. This is God saved me, and some people call him Jesus. He's my Savior. And they, somebody calls him Emmanuel, God with us. This is the group perspective God's here. This is what others maybe would say. Both names are true, but what's the difference? What's, what's, what's going on here? The name salvation is very personal. The name God with us is, is God's presence is for everybody, even people who are, un, are not saved. They know he's around. People can know about God. They can know his presence without knowing God's salvation. Think of it like this. Today, the Seahawks are going to play the Cardinals, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody here knows what's going on in the Seahawks. Okay, so they're going to to play, and they're going to beat the Cardinals. And then tonight, you'll be talking with somebody about it, and you'll say, hey, we beat the Cardinals. And I'll go, really? Did you catch a pass? Did you block a punt? What did you do? Um, Well, no, but it's kind of like they're our team, and we kind of pretend that we're part of the team, but we didn't actually go on the field and play. And that's kind of a scary thing. Because people can think that they know salvation when they only really know God with us. The Jews, the Jewish people were mulling this, this, this very issue um, at the Feast of Dedication, which is called several things, um, Feast of Lights, Feast of Illumination. It's actually called Hanukkah in our culture, and Hanukkah starts tonight. Tonight is, is, is this celebration. Um, I don't want to go off down that rabbit trail, but it's, it calls me, but I'm not going there. So, so it was the Feast of Dedication... In John chapter 10, now it was the feast of dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter. 
And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you're the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Jesus is telling us right there that if you know him as Savior, if Jesus is your Savior, you know his voice, and you follow him when he calls. That's what he's saying. That's how you know if you're saved. That's how you know if you're saved, by the fact whether you know his voice and you follow him when he calls you. Verse uh, 28, and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. It's just not enough to know about him. You have to be one of his sheep if you, go, if you want to have eternal life. That is today's Christian, Christmas question as we wrap up this service today. Do you know him as Savior or do you know him as God with us? Jesus was actually praying and talking to God the Father about this as he prayed. He said, For I gave them the words which you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. Do you realize that salvation is a free gift to all who believe? Salvation is the reason for Christmas morning. Presents and Christmas trees and all of the fun stuff that we do is really fun stuff. We ought to do it. But the reason is salvation. Jesus came to save the lost. That's me. And it's you. It's the reason. You know, to get saved, you don't have to put on a public display. You don't have to go in front of a bunch of people. You don't have to stand and shout your sins before the world. Scripture just says that you have to believe with your heart that he died and rose from the grave and confess with your mouth that he's Lord and you're saved. If you believe those things, it's as simple as just accepting the gift of salvation. You don't do this by your acts, your works, by going to church, by giving money, by walking a little lady across the street. Those are good things. Do those too. They don't save anybody. Salvation comes from Christ and from Christ alone. And I... I, I, offer this to you today, not from me, it comes from heaven, and all you have to do is, is believe in your heart. I'm going to pray with all of us, and I'm, going to, I'm not going to ask anybody to put on any sort of public, not raise your hands, not come forward, none of that. I just want to pray with you and give you the opportunity to make that decision in your soul, and then I would ask this, if you make that decision, if you really mean it, sometime today, tell somebody, confess with your mouth, say, you know, I don't really know what this all means. I'm not joining any churches or anything. I'll figure that out later. But I made a decision that I want my eternity settled forever. I want to go to heaven. I, I want eternal life. And I believe. You tell somebody something like that in your own words. But let's pray. God, um, thank you for your matchless love. Thank you for...